Hello and welcome everybody. My name is Nicola Chan and this is Weishi Radio. Today in the hot seat is Kim Stacey from Kim Body Image Fitness. And I'm really excited to have you here today, Kim, because I found your Instagram. And not only are you up here, Northern, as I am as well, but you're on the other side. Um, it's nice to know that there are people in the UK even who are talking the same language in terms of body positivity, body confidence and fitness. I see, I feel like there's very few people who are in the fitness industry who are talking this talk. And so I really wanted to have you on and hear a little bit about your story and get some insights from you. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's uh, it's great to to meet you in, in um, over Zoom as well. Yeah. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, if you want to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your story, as much or as little as you feel comfortable with? Yeah. So um, my name's Kim, and I um, first of all started off being a, a body image coach. Um, I've always always loved fitness. I've always loved the way it's made me feel. I never felt that my body was good enough to be in the fitness industry. Um, so I didn't pursue it as a career until a few years ago. Um, so I'm a, a bit of a newbie. Um, I came into it with the view that because I, was, I had a, an extremely disordered relationship with exercise and with food. And um, I thought, oh, if, I, if I have this as a job, then I can do it like even more. Um, and then lockdown happened and then obviously I couldn't go to the gym and then had all this time, you know, and I started sort of looking and, you know, and I'd, I'd know, I know I'd been dieting my whole like adult and teenage life. Um, and I just sort of came across, it was the, it was Naomi Wolf's, um, the beauty myth, um, book first of all that I am um, that I that I listened to and I, I I remember thinking oh this is all conspiracy theory surely we're not like surely we're not all being tricked by the diet industry surely like fat equals uh unhealthy and, and and then obviously you just look more and more and more into it and uh it pissed me off massively it still pisses me off so then I've turned that passion that that sort of pissed off passion into a business which uh, and then actually was like do you know what I am good enough my body is good enough to be in fitness um and then body image fitness was born and it's it's sort of adapted and grown um quite a lot within the last year so yeah I, I feel that's me in a nutshell M missing out bits and but that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I, I love the pissed off passion. I think I might call this episode pissed off passion. <laughs> I think I can definitely relate to that because I was in the fitness industry first and it was the fitness industry that actually fueled a lot of my eating disorder and body image issues. Um, and then when I did, like you, read a book, mine was Health at Every Size by Linda Bacon. And again, it was like a conspiracy and it was almost like an awakening, like what? I was taught all of this in the fitness industry and actually there is another way to be. You don't have to follow the mainstream and actually a lot of it is misinformation. It's not even true. And so, yeah, I also had that pissed off passion and was kind of angry with the fitness industry and just wanted to tell everybody because mm. I was actually one of those people putting everything all over social media to be fit, to be lean and, you know, all of the, the usual fitness stuff, which I'm kind of ashamed of now, but it is what it is. And when you know better, you do better. And then when I learned more, I just wanted to tell everybody. And so... I couldn't stop really. How did you find um, 
that transition in the fitness industry? Were you in it already or did you get in it as a body positive coach? I started off very much in it, but while I was while I was um, studying, I was actually trying to build up the body image side of the business. And I actually um, created a, a, a body image course. And as part of that, I did a, a hell of a lot of research. And that course, which um, is, is something that's going to be available, um, you know, once I've, once I've finished it, um, it, with, with all that research that I did, the more, yeah. So, so it, once I once I was qualified, I was not. Um, I was very body body positive, but when I started it, as I say, I went into it. I went into it because I love fitness. I have um, ADHD, and so the feeling that I get from exercise, it kind of because I need constant stimulation. I need, you know, and it, and it gives me that, that exactly what I need. And the, the endorphins to me, that hit of dopamine is literally like a drug. Like I'm, I'm, I feel like, right. That's exactly what I've needed. It helps me focus the rest of the day. And yeah. And, and so anyway, I've gone off on one then, but um, when, when I, when I was qualified, um, I was, I was kind of rejecting diet culture um, which made the which made studying really difficult because uh, one of the modules was um, exercise for fat loss. Another module was um, I had to obviously the limited nutrition that you have as a um, you know while while you're studying. Um, I had to use I used my sister as a, a case a guinea pig. And um, I had to work out like how many calories she should have based on a BMI. And then um, I got marked down because I didn't give her the exact amount of calories that she should have every day. I gave her like a ballpark figure. And, and that was like, even then when I was quite in still diet culture, I was like, what the hell? That's not healthy to tell somebody that you have to reach that exact amount and to be marked down, yeah. So it it that kind of fueled my <laughs> my passion as well was while I was going through it. But it was quite difficult because as well as on one hand you have all this stuff and and this the, the these books and these podcasts and people are talking about it, and then the other hand you've got this actual education that you've paid for, and you it does make you question yourself. But then the the other stuff makes complete sense. And then the stuff that you're being taught as part of your education is like, what the hell? So yeah, it's quite difficult. Mm, that is a really tough one. And also it's so rigid, isn't it? Like within the lines of black and white, what's written on the paper, it has to be perfect, which I guess fuels that sort of personality anyway. And then as a a new instructor taking in all that information there's all yeah. that pressure that you have to do it that way and that there is a right way and a wrong way and it doesn't take into account what i've heard you say a few times on your podcast that everybody's different and not one size fits all yeah no exactly so with those two different mindsets how did you navigate being in the industry and also with your own body image issues i mean it's been a it's been a process I think with body image, I mean, you'll know yourself, it's not a linear 
process is it? it it it's you have good days and bad days and um since i've rejected diet culture my my body has got bigger um and bigger and bigger and that's been a bit of a journey to accept that because my relationship with exercise as my body's got bigger has got healthier and healthier my relationship with food as my body's got bigger has got healthier and healthier which is crazy when you look at what the society says mm. but it it's getting the kind of i have um at, at this moment um while we're recording i've taken a bit of a step back from my my personal instagram um and concentrating more on the business side just because the the amount of trolls and the amount of you know and and on good days you know as as i've said the it kind of proves what why we're pissed off it proves that what a problem there is in society it proves what we're fighting against but then on bad days when they say really personal stuff about your body and about questioning your um qualifications and all of this sort of stuff well not even question qualifications because that's not that's surface level stuff but like you know and it, if it hits you on a bad ta- a bad day it's like i don't i don't need this so it, it has been a journey it still is an ongoing journey and um but i, I feel that i feel very strongly that there needs to be a, a so much more diversity um, in fitness. Um, Absolutely. It's so important. I'm sorry that that's been your experience, but it is actually a good thing to highlight where one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is thin privilege. And I sit here almost feeling a bit of shame that my experience is different to yours. And that is literally because I live in a different body. So I am ha- awarded a privilege that people listen to me that no one's ever questioned my qualifications and people look me up and down and say, do you fit the bill of a fitness instructor? And they say, mm-hmm. yes. So I fit what is supposedly looks like a fitness instructor. Yet you and I have the same qualifications, got the same mm-hmm. experience. We just live in different bodies genetically. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's. I think the thing is, is with body image, you, you're going to struggle whatever size you are, but there definitely is um, because body image isn't to do with, you know external it's to do with internal and mm. I think that you know it is difficult because it is easier to be ex- more accepted in society if you are in a in a smaller body but it's it's harder day to day to try and be in a smaller body for me it's not you know I, I, I've got when I put my mind to something I really 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 I'm um, go all in I'm a very all or nothing person it's to do with my um neurodiverse brain and I, it's it's and I, and that's probably one of the reasons why I am now that much bigger because and I don't say that with any moral value attached but if I hadn't have dieted then I would probably be you know a bit smaller and you know genetics do have a part to play in it but you know the 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 thing about sort of weight cycling and the how that affects your health is very, very rarely focused on in the fitness industry. It's it's all just, well, you're fat, get to the gym and eat less. 
and it's yeah. yeah and though the government guidelines that um eat less and move more um it's a good point actually to bring up because in my own journey what i needed to do at the time was move less and eat more i was actually suffering with no periods well hypothalamic amenorrhea going through fertility treatment and even the doctors in the fertility clinic didn't know what ha was i had to research and tell them what it was and find mm. my own solutions so weight stigma is such a massive thing so even on the other end of the spectrum when i went to the doctor to say i had an eating disorder because i was in a normal body weight they said you're making it up you know i wasn't thin enough to be treated for anorexia and obviously there's loads of different eating disorders and mine eventually um, was labeled non-purging bulimia which i think that behavior that goes with that eating disorder is very common in the fitness industry there's a lot of memes there's a lot of um social media around you eat this you should work it off like this much amount of exercise calories in versus calories out and that's literally what i did i didn't purge through vomiting but i would just do loads of extra exercise which is obviously applauded in the industry yeah yeah what's your experience did you have an eating disorder if you don't mind sharing i was never um diagnosed with an eating disorder i my experience is that I became very, very, very obsessed with the gym and working out. And it got to the point where my life revolved around the the gym. And if I didn't manage to do a, a workout, then I'd be really, really anxious. Um, I would be, and whenever I'd go, it would be really, I mean, really intense workouts. And then it got to the point where one wasn't enough. So I'd go, I became a member of two different gyms and which is a ridiculously privileged thing to say, but I, I went to one gym, did um, a really heavy weight session. Then I went to another gym and did um, spin class um, and like hammered that for 45 minutes. And so it, it just gradually just got worse and worse. And then with, um and then with the, the food side i was obviously then tracking every every single little thing and even just like a the tiniest bit i'd i wouldn't eat if if i didn't know how many calories was in it i just wouldn't eat it and so then i wouldn't be going to you know friends houses i wouldn't be you know if my friends even got to the point with a cup of tea i'd be like I need to I need to know how much milk's in it and then I can you know and and just it was it got it got really obsessive and I um I then signed up for a transformation challenge in a local gym and got a PT because I was really like I want to do this and I got I and that that was like the height of it and um I got a, a PT and he was like 1200 calories you need to do this and I, at that point, I was doing six heavy workouts uh, a week, um, a full-time job, single mum. And then just, it, yeah. And so then I, I couldn't get out of bed because my body was screaming at me. And not for one second did anyone say, like the, the personal trainers or anything, like, oh, it's probably because you're not eating enough. It was like, oh, just give you give your body a rest and then come back tomorrow um yeah and so anyway the 
I did the transformation challenge. I didn't win. And the the people that did win, they were awarded with a photo shoot, which of course the gym used for marketing, which is obviously the whole point of the transformation challenge. And but that's a whole nother rant. And but the the photo shoot, they were advised to drink at least a whole bottle of wine the night before, not have any water. So they're really, really dehydrated. Um and there was other things which I've I've actually just blocked out now because they're quite triggering. And I just that was one of the things when I was just like, how is this health? Like, what the hell? Like, what? That so that that kind of like actually helped me realize that this is a bit fucked up. Um. And then, and then, like a bodybuilding experience. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then, and then, finding sort of, as I say, coming across all of this stuff, it's it's actually saved me. Um, you know, it, all of the health at every size and the the non diet. I didn't even consider that, that was a way of life that you could just not diet. Mm. Like, um, so yeah, that's that's my experience with it all. It does seem so normal, doesn't it? It's like expected of you as a woman that at a certain age you're going to want to diet, regardless of what your body looks like at the time. It's yeah. just what you do. It's what your mum did. It's what she teaches you. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know, and to be honest, like my mum was never... I remember doing the Atkins diet with my mum, and I remember my brother coming into the kitchen and being like... I thought you're on a diet and we were sat there eating like bacon and all this like all this stuff and like um yeah it's just it's just kind of the done thing and it's just like you know slimming world is everywhere there's and it's just the norm and it's crazy to me that it's really controversial like our approach that that it's kind of yeah it it's it's not the done thing when it's actually the, the most natural thing that you can do is just let your body be and listen to it and, and it's not as simple as that in our culture but literally we weren't we didn't have diets you know 500 years ago there was no such thing and we just allowed ourselves to be um or when in caveman times when we were actually starved because there was no food available when we could get the food we would then binge eat on the food because we needed to store that extra fat for the next time which is yeah. literally what happens when we diet yeah but i wanted to ask you as well as a personal trainer fitness instructor when you get a client in now and i heard you talking about smart goals on a podcast recently and for those who are listening smart goals being specific measurable achievable realistic and time framed doesn't always relate to fitness could be any goals in your life mm. How do you use that method with clients that may come in and say, oh, I want this body? Because it may not be realistic and it may not be achievable. Well, I, first of all, I, um, you know, if if someone comes to me with a specific body goal, I, I will make it very clear to them that, you know, we, we what we focus on is um, our relationship to movement and our relationship to exercise. Um, everyone has obviously complete body autonomy and there's no shame in people wanting to look a certain way or wanting to diet and you know and and all of that that sort of stuff but 
for me, that's not what we focus on. You know, your body may, and it it possibly will change as a result of the work together that, that we do, but we're not going to use a change of body size as a, something to focus on. It's just something that, that happens in our work together. So, um, and I, I just be really transparent and I say that from the offset and I just think that then they can put the ball in their court and they can decide whether they want to carry on working with me or then find somebody else that that will focus purely on the sort of before and after and there's plenty of plenty of others that, that they can find that can do that but um yeah, I mean, we a lot of the sessions that I do, we we talk a lot actually more about the, the body image um, coaching and you know and how people are and um, you know how they're feeling that day, what they you know what sort of movement they want to do. Um, luckily, I I can offer you know lots of various different types of of movement. I'm um, studying yoga now as well um getting a, a qualification in yoga i do strength training i do a burlesque class as well so if someone's feeling extra saucy we can do a bit of burlesque we can do meditation we could just have a chat and it's all just looking at it a little bit more intuitively as well but then also knowing that you know if someone is feeling a bit tired or feel like they can't be bothered we'll i'll say well, let, let's maybe just do five minutes and then decide nine times out of 10 people will want to carry on. Um, so it's, it's trying to, it's, it's like with intuitive eating. It's like, if you don't, if you're not hungry, but you know that you're not going to get a chance to fuel your body in the next five hours, then you'll prepare and you'll, then you'll, you'll make sure that you'll feel better in the future. And it's similar sometimes with movement, depending on the, you know, the situation where, you know, I've got a class that I do at half six in the morning. Um, most of the people that turn up for it will be like, I'm so tired. This was such a, you know, chore to get out of bed. And But they they go there knowing that I'm going to feel better afterwards and it's going to set me up for the day. So it's all just very dependent on a case-by-case basis. And I think that's what fitness should be. It's It's looking at the person as an individual and creating movement choices that that suit them at that time um in in that place and what's going to benefit them mentally and physically um oh god wouldn't it be amazing if all fitness instructors asked themselves that is this going to benefit my client mentally and physically like yeah majority of them wouldn't work the way they would if they actually need to have an understanding of mental health and eating disorders and in some respects have to have been there themselves because otherwise they can speak from this privilege of I've always had this body I don't know what it's like to live in any other body it's never changed and therefore if you do what I do you'll look like me mm-hmm. you know which is that one size fits all yeah which isn't true no exactly exactly so it's so frustrating that that's what the majority of the fitness industry is like as well but yeah well, you mentioned a few things there that I wanted to talk about um for example the intuitive eating and i like to i also talk to my clients about intuitive eating and intuitive movement as in like when you're feeling really stressed or tired to listen to your body and maybe that day's a rest day and then the next day when you do work out you can work harder in the session you get more benefits from it 
So when you're saying about those people arriving at 6am in the morning, there is that line, isn't there? I do struggle to even discuss that line, what it looks like, how do you navigate it, when it's a case of, I need to push myself out my comfort zone, I'm not just letting myself off the hook, am I going to push through this class and get up early in the morning? Or is it one of those days where I'm just completely exhausted and that's the day I really need to listen to my body? Do you find that yourself and with your clients? Yeah, it's it's really tricky, isn't it? And you don't want to be saying no pain, no gain. Like, come on, you've got to get up every day if half six. But then you've also, if you do want to improve your fitness, there is there is going to have to be a point where you do step out of your comfort zone a little bit. But it's it's setting your intention. It's it's thinking, okay, why am I going to do this? And I guess. Um, a lot of the time, you know, if, if majority when they, they start the session and they're tired, they can sort of ease themselves into it. And nine times out of ten, when people start, one well, nine times out of ten, a lot of the time, depending on the person and what they've done before, the night before, what sort of sleep they've had, how they feel their body, it, it depends how then they can then approach the session so five minutes into it they might start feeling like oh actually no I can really really push myself in this or I can really go for it and you can start tuning into how your body feels and I think sometimes you know when your body is really 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 tired and you need a it needs a rest um versus or in my case I found that I've learned afterwards sometimes it's like a day later and I realize actually when I felt like that a few days ago, I should have listened then because now I've gone past that line and I'm completely yeah. exhausted. Can't get anything out of me. That's the thing. It's all kind of a, it's learning, especially when you've been in diet culture and you've, and you've had an eating disorder, or d- disordered eating. It takes time to trust your own body and to, to listen to it. And to and associate so, and feel safe in your body. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, you know it's learning as you go um a lot of the time I think one of the key things you said there actually was about getting uncomfortable so rather than obviously when you're exhausted you listen to that but on those other days you just don't feel like it you need to push past a little bit of discomfort and do something that you might not necessarily want to do and I think that also comes down to letting go of the fear of what will happen to your body and get uncomfortable not dieting get uncomfortable eating foods that you have fear over that you think something's going to happen to your body because the messaging that you received as a child or from that first PT or whatever, it's sitting in that discomfort and being okay with it and knowing that you're doing what honors your body in that moment and you're pushing society aside. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's hard. Oh my goodness. So rejecting diet culture and it's exhausting. It's exhausting constantly having to almost like justify your way of life or like I don't know because you do get a lot of pushback you know and especially with me being in the fitness industry the first thing people used to say was oh you can help me lose weight and it's like well no and then now because my body's bigger they're kind of like really and then even last night I, I did a class um it was a burlesque class um, in person and uh, at my local community centre and this woman came up to me after and she was like, you've got some moves for a big girl. And I was so like, 
I wanted to give her a hug. Whereas like a couple of years ago, I'd have been like, girl, what the hell? Um, But I was so happy that she complimented my moves and I the big girl came sort of second secondary and it was a very neutral term it was just kind of like well yeah um but the you know the the reaction I got from that particular class was was amazing and everyone's like stuck around afterwards and we all like spoke and and it and that was the first time I'd, I'd done that one this year um in that particular community center as well so yeah I went off then I can't remember what your well, question that's was. awesome you just <laughs> reminded me about burlesque which I want to ask you about because we actually have so much in common yeah. and I have a burlesque journey as well which helped me with my own body confidence so I'm intrigued to know how you got into burlesque and tell us a little bit about that story well I was just I've always loved dance and um I've always been a little bit bit saucy especially when we used to go out like when I was at uni and nights out and stuff I'd be like the one that would be always doing all the sexy moves on the dance floor and like um I just wanted to find something that represented me um and then I I came across this company that now um sadly um not not um they sort of went bust um called burlesque size um so I discovered it through them and I went and did their like qualification through them. It's they were kind of like a Zumba type thing. So you learn all the routines and, and stuff, and then you pay for their to keep their um to use their name. Um, but then they went bust and 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 it was sad, but then it it kind of helped me then learn a little bit more about burlesque in the sort of and then create my own route start to create my own routines rather than the routines that somebody else had given me and and start to kind of like play around with what feels good in my own body rather than learning someone else's routine you know and and all these sorts of things and I just sort of then have sort of adapted it from that um so yeah what about your your story with burlesque how has it helped you with your your own body image okay Um, so I suppose it's it's kind of it's just helped me in that knowing that burlesque is all about it is all about body confidence and it's about a bit of performance and a bit of there are burlesque dancers that are all different sizes you don't have to be one size to 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 be a burlesque dancer and I, I suppose it's not my body confidence hasn't come directly from burlesque it's more from the pissed off passion <laughs> and that's kind of just been a, a part of the journey really so it's, it's quite a difficult one to to answer um would you say that body confidence and a positive body image are two different things I don't really know if you can have a a positive body image. Like, who has a positive body image? I think it's more neutral body image. I think that there's not really many people out there that love themselves, that are like, I, I'm bloody God's gift, apart from, like, 
or PT. So like, even then, even then, they they've got body dysmorphia, which explains, yeah. you know, probably one of the most interesting point actually when you speak to people in the gym and regardless of what they look like or what society projects that they look like, if you ask them, they probably don't know that they look like that. No, and a lot no. of people you see body checking in the mirror you think oh you love yourself you know you're always looking at yourself it's because they don't like themselves and they're checking is this bit still okay do I need to work on that bit I think that this is the interesting thing and I think that's what why a lot of the the anger and the, the towards people in bigger bodies comes from is because I think when you go on this sort of like health at every size journey you start to learn body acceptance and then that then naturally means that you have acceptance and neutrality towards other bodies whereas if you're deep deep in diet culture and you're literally you're not happy about your own body you're not even accepting of your own body so there's no absolutely no chance you're going to be accepting of someone else's body um and you know a lot of the time it's it's their identity it's their it's it's they'll their gym is becomes their identity I mean I was there it was my identity and and if you then if they then see somebody larger and and happier and teaching fitness it's like you're questioning their identity which then creates something in them and all of their own dissatisfaction is then put onto someone else's and it's difficult you know obviously it explains a lot of it it doesn't it doesn't justify it you know the 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 horrible things that that people say but it's it's one of the many horrible side effects of diet culture um unfortunately um it's so true though and it's that the projection I guess it's a little bit like the homophobic people are the most gay. I mean, that's my own opinion. I'm not saying that that is the case for everybody, but you know, there is that, that you project something onto someone else. That when I really hated my body, I really hated everyone else's bodies. I would pick apart every little bit and think, oh, if I look like that, I wouldn't wear that. And I would work on that. And it was just constantly bodies everywhere. And I feel like the fitness industry fueled that because there's so much bodies. And so one of the things that I talk about when I decided to stay in the fitness industry, because I found it so toxic. And for my own recovery, I thought I might actually have to leave. And it Mm -hmm. was at that moment that I thought, but then if I leave, no one's going to be, you know, serving this message and helping people with another pathway. And Mm -hmm. everyone's going to get in and think that they have to lose weight. And at the time, I didn't know any other fitness instructors who were body positive. So I thought I'm going to stand in the flames. I'm going to be in the hardest place to be. And I'm going to talk a different talk. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing. It's so amazing that that you have done that. And it it's it's brave and it's exhausting, you know. It's yeah. But it is easier for me because people see me. Sometimes they don't realise that I'm body confidence. My Instagram got hacked this time last year, and it mm. used to be Weishi Coaching, which is my website and the business brand. And I changed it to body confidence, so it actually says what it is now. So it is in a way more meaningful, and the people who are following me are the right people. But I still get people who don't understand body confidence. They mm. think body confidence is like the transformation thing where you come in, you do a twelve-week diet plan, and use the gym, and you look like this at the end. They just don't get it because they're mm. just looking at me and they're assuming a certain thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Same, same for me, really. They, 
they'll look at me and and assume like that I don't exercise and that I that I eat too much or whatever too much is nobody knows what too much is anymore because nobody knows like how much to eat because it's all all so conflicting and but yeah it's it's it I I am the I wouldn't say I'm the fittest I've ever been. I mean, I'm not as fit as when I was, I mean, smashing it out five times a week. But then my body hurt all the time. It 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 was really not good. I mean, I'm I'm fit enough to do six, seven classes a week. Um, so I suppose maybe I am. But my body's not screaming at me. My relationship, I'm fueling my body. Um, and this is the thing with fitness as well. It's like why with fitness instructors why why are we advising on calories when actually calories is energy we need energy in order to smash our our, our personal bests you you know it, it's it's crazy it it's we should be advising more calories move more eat more yeah <laughs> absolutely and it as, as i said i relate to so many things in your story but it does sound like and you appear very young i don't know how old you are if you don't mind oh, sharing i'm 37 oh okay you're not too far behind me but your time in the industry is quite short but it seems like we've had a very similar journey and you've managed to compact it into a tiny amount um and obviously as beauty standards of the world change the advice that is given out changes the fitness industry change as well and when i got into it in the 90s it was all cardio so mm -hmm. one of the things that did actually help me was transitioning from all of that into the weights so where you're saying there we really need to eat more and fuel our bodies so that we can actually grow our muscles mm -hmm. and be fitter and stronger that was such a transition for me from cardio to weights, not just jumping around thinking I've got to constantly burn calories and yeah. actually fueling so I've got energy and recovery as well. Did yeah. you have any transitions like that or were you straight into the fitness industry with the balance of cardio and weights? I was very, very heavily when I when I was obsessed, it was it was all weights and um, I love weightlifting and I haven't properly, properly gone back into weightlifting. I guess it's more because I'm a bit scared to. I've, I'm a bit like I, I um, I signed up at a, a gym and we got a, a free PT session, and I just thought, I'll come along, I'll see what see what what PTs are saying in real in the real world these days, and uh, um, and he. He uh, he then sort of like, I mean, he didn't need to show me, but he did the sort of like the weights and, you know, the way around the gym and stuff. And um, he did say, I, we did sit down before and I said to him that, I, you know, I, I'm focused on, on I want to get stronger and stuff. And, uh, and I said, I don't want anything to do with, I don't want to be weighed or anything. And then I went to drop my stuff off in the changing room and he said, I'll meet you next to the body scanner machine. And I was like, okay. And then he, I went up to the gym and he said, hop on. I was like, do you literally listen to nothing I've said? I, I just, I just like told him off. He was like an 18 year old PT and um, 
I didn't tell him that I was, you know, I, what I did as a job. I just told him that my relationship with exercise has been disordered and with food. So therefore doing that's not good. And then he, he went and he tried to weigh me and scan my body fat and all this shit. So anyway, I that was kind of the closest that I've properly, properly got. Like I'll throw weights around at home. Um but it's out of my comfort zone. I've not actually like properly thought and talked about this, but yeah, it, I feel like, cause I loved it so much. I'd love to go back to it, but there's something at the moment stopping me. It's a bit. I know what you mean though. I have some exercises that I don't do. For example, mm. I won't go to CrossFit. I know yeah. that it's such a competitive environment and I would thrive in it and I'd probably get right back in there and then be obsessed with it again. <laughs> so what instead I, I took the Olympic lifting away from CrossFit and just do that because it's about mm. me. I mostly do it on my own. I'm comparing myself to me and my last mm. rep or whatever. And it's not about body image. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. I think we always have to look after our mindsets. And like you said before, it's a journey. It's not a destination. Yeah. And even if you feel like you've reached something and, and you're feeling amazing in your body today, you know, tomorrow something shit could happen in life. And then, you know, you're feeling very vulnerable. And then because body image was the thing that you had, that's the thing that comes back in. Yeah. Same with me with hormones. Every month, there's a day where I absolutely hate my body image. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But what it's... I won't do is I won't let that make me diet or change the way that I exercise. I just um, ride it out. Well, exactly. I mean, we all we all have sort of good days and bad days. And, you know, even recently, I... I was in the swimming pool and there was some um, really amazing bodies walking past and I was like, oh, I miss my old body. But then I was like, but do I actually? Because I never liked it when I was in that body. And then I then I started thinking to get myself to that body, then I'd need to go back into that. And then, so it's it's kind of like having that internal dialogue and having that talk with yourself and I think that each time that you do it it doesn't necessarily make the body image days better but it makes them more you, you can tolerate them a, a bit more which I suppose does make them better but you know it, it, it's not gonna you're not gonna automatically be like oh I love my body now because I've just had a word with myself it's more like mm. oh okay yeah, no, I feel still feel shit, but I'm not going to go back to to where I was. Um, I think loving your body isn't the destination, which comes back around to the question I said to you earlier, is body image and body confidence a different thing? And for mm. me personally, body confidence is what I want to achieve, what I want to help my clients to achieve, because then it's not even about your body. Like we're in this vehicle to take us from birth to death. And it's mm. a journey that we want to go on where we want to look out the window and enjoy the view yeah. rather than focus on the actual vehicle and yeah. keep editing it and changing it and thinking if it's right or wrong and you know because if it if it's right then it means that it can be wrong and although if you achieve that body today and society says you're wonderful in 10 years time it might be a different body and then are you going to keep changing your body to meet those standards to be accepted by society or are you going to accept your body and who you are because really it's about who you are underneath mm. now yeah you need to use that so, as a sound bite that right <laughs> <laughs> well it's about you today um <laughs> But I'm really mindful of time as well. And I could talk to you for ages about all of those topics and more. 
Um, but is, is there anything else that you really want to add that you've been dying to say and I haven't asked you so we can make sure we get that in before the end of the podcast? No, not, not really. I think, I think the, the most important thing is, is educating. I think if people aren't too sure about, you know, if they're still very much in diet culture, they're still very much, you know, living in hope that the next diet will work, which is an understandable place to be. There's so many resources out there um, where, you know, you you can find out um, and looking, I think it's so important to, to kind of find those resources and, and, and I, the tagline to my business is your body is not the problem. And, you know, and that that relates to society that relates to our mindset that you know that relate if you're constantly feeling like as you've literally just said it's it's my body it's my body i need to change my body then you're never going to be happy with what's inside so um i think that then it just it just opens you up to that level of of compassion and and knowing that okay i feel like that because of that and therefore it's actually not my body that's the problem. It's X, Y, and Z. And I think that's that's where the power comes, really. I know it's cheesy as it sounds, but it's pretty powerful stuff once you um, start looking into it. Um, yeah. So where can people find you and follow you on social media? So I'm most active at the moment on my uh, business um, Instagram. So it's um, body underscore image underscore fitness. And again, um, on Facebook, Body Image Fitness Limited, um, I will be active again on my my own Instagram, Kim Body Image Fitness. But um, I'm having a break from the trolls. <laughs> I just want to. I, I sometimes you need to take a step back and look at look out for your own mental health. Um, so I will. Uh, I'll build myself back up and and go back on soon but remember when you shine your light it attracts flies yeah it's true <laughs> so keep doing what you're doing you're amazing and thank you so much for being here thank you for having me